The U.S. Arab Radio Network is proud to offer the Ray Hanania Show with veteran journalist Ray Hanania, the U.S. correspondent for the Arab News newspaper. U.S. Arab Radio broadcast content Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. on WNZK AM 690 in Detroit, WDMV 700 in Washington, D.C., and simulcast through stations around the country. Programs will rerun from 5 till 6 p.m. Visit us on Facebook at U.S. Arab Radio. And we're also streaming live on Facebook.com forward slash Arab News. Welcome to the Ray Hanania Radio Show. I'm Ray Hanania. It is Wednesday, August 30th, 2023. And this is Season 3, Episode 18. We are brought to you by the U.S. Arab Radio Network and sponsored by Arab News, the voice of a changing region. Arab News at ArabNews.com is an award-winning newspaper covering the Middle East with bureaus in Paris, London, Islamabad, Tokyo, and with coverage in the United States, where I'm the U.S. Special Correspondent. Our radio show focuses on the Arab-American community and Arab-American issues, and also looking at Middle East coverage from a U.S. and Arab-American perspective. We have two great guests today. In segment one, we're going to speak with Bell City, California, Council Member Ali Salah, who will talk about Arab-American empowerment and the growth of the Arab community in California and how Arab-Americans view various issues like climate change, migrants, politics, and have they faced racism. He'll also give us a description of the Arab community in that part of California. In segment two, we're going to speak with Samir Khalil, the former of the founder of the Arab American Democratic Club, AADC, which is celebrating its 40th anniversary as the leading political organization in Illinois. The group was founded in the aftermath of the election in 1983 of Chicago's first African American mayor, Harold Washington. Mayor Washington helped strengthen Arab American community empowerment and created the Advisory Commission on Arab American Affairs, which was later disbanded by anti-Arab former Mayor Rahm Emanuel, who is now the U.S. Ambassador to Japan. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we can speak with our guests on the empowerment of Arab Americans in California and in Northern Illinois. We'll be right back right after these messages. ArabNews.com, bringing you breaking news from across the Middle East and the latest on Arabs in America. Get inside the latest headlines with expert analysis and insights at ArabNews.com. Join over 5 million Facebook fans and over 10 million monthly readers. ArabNews.com, news that matters to you. Get ready for an amazing experience at Ishtar Restaurant on 15 Mile Road in Sterling Heights. Enjoy excellent hospitality from owners Ali Abagdadi and Fatty Bottom serving the best in Mediterranean food. Try Chef Ali Abagdadi's famous shawarma, the best Iraqi grills and food, and the best Arabic and international dishes. Dine in our authentic atmosphere or take out. Call 586-698-2585 or check us out on Facebook. Ishtar Restaurant practices all CD guidelines and is open every day 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. Have an amazing experience today at Ishtar Restaurant, 3625 15 Mile Road, Sterling Heights. Yeah, you know, clap your hands. If you're happy and you know it and you really want to 
five-year-old Lila and her mom are on their way home from Grandma's, singing Lila's favorite song. A few blocks away, 25-year-old Dylan is visiting friends at a small party. He finishes off his last beer, Later, skater. gets in his truck, and starts for home. Mom and Lila turn onto Maple Street. If you're happy, yeah, you know, so does Dylan. Every 50 minutes in the United States, someone dies in a crash involving a driver impaired by alcohol or drugs. If you're impaired and you know it, don't drive. Drive sober. A message from the Michigan Office of Highway Safety Planning. Welcome back to our radio show. I'm Ray Hanania, and uh, I have a great guest, uh, Ali Saleh, who is a council member um, from the city of Bell in California. Ali, thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate you uh, participating in our radio program. Thank you. Thank you, Ray, for having me. It's a pleasure. This is your first time on our show, and obviously we're broadcasting in Detroit and Washington, D.C., but hopefully a lot of people will listen on podcasts around the country and online. But Give us a little background about your political background. How did you get involved in politics? What got you involved? And if you've held other offices, how long you've been a council member? Just kind of little, let people know uh, about your interest in politics and what you've done. Definitely. Um, I was born and raised in the community in the city of Bell. Um, in 2010, we had a scandal, unfortunately, that happened here where the city manager was making over a million dollars and council members were uh, making close to $100,000. In comparison, uh, I currently take a salary, uh, which is $670 a month. Uh, wow. It comes out to be a little over 8000 and uh, those council members were making close to $100,000 uh, each. Uh, and that scandal was uh, broken by the LA Times. And uh, at that time, I was uh, a regular community member working and you know trying to raise a family here. In, in the city of Bell, and uh, obviously property taxes were high, so we got involved and uh, created a community group called BASTA, which uh, the acronyms are Bell Association to Stop the Abuse, and I was one of the founders of that organization, and we were successful in recalling all the council members and bringing in five uh, new council members. Uh, in the city of Bell, we, uh, like a lot of the small cities here in uh, LA County, um, we appoint uh, a mayor and vice mayor every year within the council, and I had uh, served as the first mayor uh, right after uh, all that had happened uh, here in the city of Bell. Um, you know, I, I, I did not expect myself uh, to be able to succeed, but I was uh, the top vote getter in a community that is 96% Latinos. Um, wow. So it, it's 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 an honor and it's a pleasure to be representing this community. You are southeast, I believe, of Los Angeles, and which is a huge city, but Bell isn't that big of a city. How did they justify that? Was it a secret that those salaries were so high? You know, Bell is a blue collar community where people work uh, two jobs or more to be able right. to, to live a, a good life. Um, and a lot of people were not involved in their local government. Um, and, you know, they were able to be under the radar until, uh, you know, the LA Times uh, were uh, investigating a neighboring city, but little did they know that the, the big corruption was 
uh, unfortunately, in, in in our city. But you know, I ran with uh, being transparent and being able to uh, show the community what we do. We were able to, uh, because of City of Bell, everyone in the state of California has to uh, show their salaries and what what they're making. So you could basically go on uh, the transparent website in the state and be able to see uh, each government employee what they're making. That that's amazing to me. I've never in a small town like that. Those were big salaries. So obviously, you do some must do something else then for work than outside of in addition to being a council member. What what else do you do? So my father came to this country in the early 1970s um, and was uh, able to after a few years of working, he was able to start his own uh, clothing business. Uh, so. Me and my brothers are were able to, uh, you know, get into that business and uh, grow the business. Uh, so currently, we have uh, apparel uh, locations here in Southeast Los Angeles. And, and you indicated that your parents uh, are uh, Lebanese. Both Tell us a little bit how. Sorry, both of my immigrant uh, parents immigrated from Lebanon in the early seventies. Yes. And why did they come to California? I mean, I, I know that a lot of Iranian and Persian people have come to Los Angeles. And I know that some of the Arabs, uh, Lebanese, a lot of them went to Detroit. Was there some interest that brought them there, uh, you know, to California? Good questions. I, I get the question of why did your parents land in the city of Bell, not in California? But, you know, uh, my my mom's uncle was based here in the city of Bell. And obviously, you know, you always follow relatives to be able to uh, make a smooth transition coming from uh, back home here into the state. So they were able to come in here and live in a room with the, uh, with uh, with the uh, my mom's uncle and able to, you know, grow a family and move on. And, uh, you know, not only did my parents come here, but a lot of Lebanese that immig- uh, immigrated from Lebanon. And, you know, the Lebanese probably when it comes to politics, and again, I've covered politics almost 45 years. I I was a city hall reporter in Chicago for 17 years. Um, The Lebanese Americans were always at the forefront of the political, uh, you know, uh, empowerment of the Arab American community. Do you have you ever thought about that? I mean, there are some Palestinians, there's some Syrians, Egyptians. Uh, We have an Egyptian mayor, uh, first woman Egyptian mayor in Bolingbrook in Illinois. But the Lebanese, for some reason, they really got involved in politics. Was there something about politics that uh, attracted people like you to want to pursue that as an additional career on top of business? Well, I mean, for myself, speaking about myself, uh, I had never had any interest of going into politics. And uh, because of the unfortunate circumstances that happened here in the city of Bell, um, that's how I got into politics. But, you know, a lot of uh, uh, Lebanese here in L.A. County that I know, you know, they just want to be able to, uh, you know, put food on the table for the family and be able to raise a family here. Uh, and politics is secondary there. They, they don't have an uh, interest. But I've, I'm seeing a lot of new generations that are Going into politics, uh, when I first got elected in 2011, uh, you didn't see that much. Uh, a lot of people, from what I've heard, I mean, um, I, I, I've never did any background on it, but I probably was the first Lebanese yet Muslim uh, mayor here in the state of California. So I'm hoping that the young generations uh, get, get more involved and uh, take a career into politics and hopefully be able to serve their communities 
And, uh, you know, there's a lot that we can give as Arab Americans uh, to this great country. And, and that's one reason why it's so important to have an Arab American media, because nobody reports on our community better than our own community reports on them. That's amazing. One of the first, probably one, if, you know, one of the first Muslim uh, Americans, Lebanese Americans to be elected in that region, that's phenomenal. That's quite an achievement. Thank you. Yes, yes, and, it is. And I'm hoping more people get involved and be able to, you know, put the new generations into politics. And doesn't it have a positive side to it where when mainstream Americans who are so used to seeing us in movies being the bad guy, uh, in news reports, you know, being involved, always portrayed as involved in terrorism. Here they see a, a person just like them from their neighborhood doing and being concerned about the exact same things that they're concerned about. That has to have a positive impact on the way the public, the general mainstream public views Arab Americans and Lebanese. Definitely. I mean, it's, 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 we got to continue to build the build, uh, build and understand the trust that we, you know, throughout our constituencies and hopefully continue to build that trust within them and know that, you know, Arab American, you know, the same issues that, that they have, we have, uh, you know, the misconceptions and the stereotype that sometimes around uh, our community is not the case. Uh, you know, we want to do like everybody else around here, um, you know, I'm fortunate to represent a community that is 96% Latinos and, you know, they have entrusted, entrusted themselves of having uh, an Arab American uh, to be uh, on the city council here. And, uh, you know, this is my third term. Uh, I've gotten top vote getter every single time and I'm hoping, you know, to continue to serve this community uh, in any way possible, whether it's on the council or if I ever retire, I'll still definitely stay involved with our community. And and um, and that's a great point that you make. You know, it's ninety six percent Hispanic or Latino, and in a community like that, you are one of the top folk getters. You're Arab American, Lebanese American, Muslim American. Um, what does that say about the community itself when they look at you? It's they must see past the stereotypes then, correct? Well, the, the fortunate side that I have as well is I'm fluent in Spanish, so I'm able to communicate uh, good with them. Um, you know, I, I grew up in this community. My kids uh, play sports alongside their their, their children. Um, you know, we go to the same parks, the same schools, uh, and we're able to see one another. Uh, going back to this, uh, the issue that we had during the scandal, uh, we have a... Uh, uh, a youth center, a Muslim youth center, that we were able to open the door to have community come and have meetings there to strategize on what to do to take back their community. And at that time, you know, uh, we had the Wall Street Journal that came in, the New York Times that spoke about how uh, the Arab Americans and the Hispanic community were able to work side by side to take back their community. Yeah, and is there, I mean, obviously it's, can't be that big in Bell because 96% is Latino, but in their region where you're at, um, are there a lot of, is there a big Arab American presence that you see a lot? I mean, do you see a lot of restaurants? Is there a community near you? Um, you know, what, what do Americans see of Arab Americans in addition to yourself? How big is so, the community? Yes, thank you. Um, in, in the city of Bell, we do have uh, quite a bit of Lebanese Americans. Uh, we're probably... Two, one or two percent of the population, 
So we do have uh, a presence here. Uh, a lot of our kids go to the high schools here. There is restaurants uh, in the city of Bell. So uh, we do have a presence. Uh, people do know that there's a population of Lebanese American here. Um, so, you know, uh, the closest to the city of Bell that has a population of Arab, Arab American is in the city of Anaheim, uh, which probably uh, has the biggest population that I know of uh, in Southern California. What are some of the big issues? Now, obviously, you came in to right or wrong. You saw this outrageous salary, which I agree with you. had the, That's outrageous for a small town way back. And they elected you and you said it right. Um, you corrected it, I think, which uh, uh, the voters and the public support probably reflecting why you're so popular there. Um, what are some of the other big issues? I mean, once you got past that issue, what did you find was the biggest issues that needed to be addressed? Well, I mean, in the city of Bell and all L.A. County is, you know, advocate for combating discrimination and ensuring that our rights, our civil rights as Americans are protected um, and promoting better representation and participation by Arab Americans. You know, I'm, I'm always pushing for our youth and our adults to be included in government and hopefully, you know, uh, be able to continue the path of being engaged in our community and strengthen the relationship between, you know, the, the Americans and the Arab world, uh, fostering and understanding and collaborating both regionally and global issues. Uh, so we continue to work with one another. Uh, you know, I, I try to get on a lot of regional boards. Um, you know, uh, I, I there's one board that I sit on that includes 28 cities. One of them is the second biggest city in LA County, which is Long, Long Beach. And I, I was president uh, until the end of Ju June. So I'm the immediate past president. So I, I try to engage myself more to to have that presence uh, uh, for myself and the Arab community. When I was at Chicago City Hall as a reporter many years ago, um, I covered daily to daily. Richard J. Daly was a big machine politician and they had this big organization um, and he had a big national presence. But every year I would go to the mayor's conference, the U.S. mayor's conference, and I had never, and of course I'm talking about in the late 70s and 80s, I had never met an Arab mayor uh, at any of those conferences. Do you participate in the U.S. Mayor's Conference, for example, and at that level too? I have been to one of those conferences. Uh, you know, it's a lot of the big cities that uh, are engaged there, but we do get invited uh, to that. I've also uh, was fortunate to be part of NALEO, which uh, is National Association of Latino Elected Officials as right. well, uh, given that L.A. County has a lot of Latino constituency and leaders. So I have attended that as well. But yes, I have attended that. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of great things and uh, knowledge that you bring back uh, to the community from that, from the bigger cities. And, and I always ask this question of uh, uh, Arab Americans that I talk to who are in, in politics. Uh, uh, you know, I grew up at a time when all we ever talked about, again, I'm much older than you, but, it, it, you know, when I grew up in the 50s, 60s and 70s, even the 80s, the focus was always back home on the Middle East. You know, we were really focused on that, regardless of whether we're Palestinian, Lebanese, or Syrian. Um, and I wonder today, do you have any feelings about the proper way to balance the two issues between being concerned about the Middle East and our heritage and being concerned about living in a neighborhood with other Americans as American citizens? Do you have any feelings about that balance? Is it balanced properly? Or do we need to do more as Arab Americans to bring that into balance? As 
elected leaders and uh, residents of this great state uh, country is to continue to advocate for the rights of our country back home to be able for them to have a quality of life that they deserve. Uh, you know, uh, the, sometimes I hear situations of what's happening back home, the economic uh, uh, instability in Lebanon and other parts of the Arab world, uh, you know, uh, politics is politics, but again, there's people that need need to live uh, respectfully in their in, in their country. So, you know, I, I, I try to do my part when, when there's uh, meetings or conferences that we attend that helps out uh, our Arab countries. Uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, we all have to pitch in and hopefully we can make that side of the world a, a better place for everybody to live. Does it make you a stronger politician to, because I know this uh, is that way for a lot of Hispanic and African-American politicians that I often interview, um, wearing your ethnicity. Is it easy to be Arab American? I mean, it honestly, there was a time in the 50s when it was hard to be an African-American politician. Then it grew into a very strong presence in many of our cities. Is that the same process that Arab Americans are going through? In other words, is it easier for you today to be Arab American in politics in the United States, to be an American and involved as an Arab American? When I ran in 2011, a lot of people told me that, you know, I, I shouldn't push the part that I am Arab or Muslim, but I did not shy away from that. I was, I put my name, Ali Saleh, my parents were both immigrants of Lebanon. I am a Muslim living in this country. And I think that helped me out uh, uh, dramatically. I think keep true to who you are. And that's what we have to continue to be uh, and not shy away from where our parents came from. Um, you know, we, we, whether we like it or not, uh, I, we are living in one of the greatest country in the world and we have to keep true to our identity. And for myself, I am an Arab American, parents born in Lebanon who are uh, born as a Muslim. So you stay engaged then with other Arab American organizations and activities. Yes, I yes, That's I interesting. Um, I wanted to ask you about, um, are there, Tell me about like the politics of California. I mean, you are a politician, you are an elected official and uh, you are at a state level, obviously a regional part of a big state. California is a huge state, has a massive influence on our presidential elections, has a massive in influence on our foreign policies and our national, not just foreign policies, but national policies. Um, one, have you thought about running for higher office? And two, um, what are some of your feelings about, you know, the national politics or do you stay out of that? So I did take a, a I, I did run for state Senate a couple of years ago. Um, it was quite a experience. Uh, obviously, I did not make it. Uh, there was quite a bit of people that ran. Uh, I came out second Democrat out of a field of six or seven. I forgot the, the number. Uh, it was a learning experience. Uh, would I do it again? Probably not. Uh, but, you know, you, you're talking uh, more re, uh, nation politics. Uh, that's uh, a whole different uh, arena for me. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of things happening in uh, the federal level that I'm hoping that in the end that they work with one another to be able, you know, in the state of California, um, the Democrats control most of uh, the 
the legislative process. Uh, they have a super majority. I've, the last I heard, they had a super majority, but obviously there's seats that kind of change here and there. But in the end, they do work with one another. Um, and you know, for me, I'm, I'm I'm good at the local level, and I continue to uh, work with my community. I I have a daughter and three grown adults, and uh, my time right now is to try to concentrate on my family. So your focus really is in your city and regionally in your area. You don't really get too engaged in this big, uh, terribly polarized political debate between Democrats and Republicans. Do you identify with the party, if I might ask, or I don't want to push you into anything, but <laughs> is that like a, a big pressure on you or? I, I, am a, I, I am a Democrat. Okay. And do you get involved in, you know, like uh, the Democratic Party uh, and uh, activities? And do you feel welcomed by the Democrats as an Arab American and Muslim? Uh, I do get involved here and there, not as much as I should be. I'm more involved in uh, regional LA County uh, boards that I sit on. And, uh, you know, I do go and advocate for issues uh, when it comes to um, my city and the region at itself whenever there's uh, legislation uh, being passed that either you know benefit or harm our our cities that we go and you know speak to our legislators i do have a good uh relationship with them and i continue to work to be able to have the collaboration uh with them for the benefit of the region and our city i just want to say it was great to meet you um it's always good to see somebody like you being in political journalism, it, it's very exciting for me to see more and more Arab Americans get involved in uh, politics and government. Politics isn't just about politics, it's about public service and government. And I know that based on how you got in in 211, it was about public service. You wanted to do something that was good for the residents. You did achieve that and you've been in office ever since. We're, you know, we're very proud of you. Any final thoughts, anything that you'd like to say that I didn't ask about at all? Well, no, I mean, I, I thank you very much for having me. Uh, for those listening, I'm hoping that, uh, you know, they stay true to, the, to their principles and engage with their community and never underestimate the positive impact that they can have by, you know, actively participating in the democratic process. So, uh, stay engaged, and hopefully one day I'll see uh, one an, an Arab American president here in the United States. And that could be you. That could be you. <laughs> you. I'm not trying to push you that high, but you know you, <laughs> there are other offices I'm sure you'd be very qualified for. Um, my guest uh, today uh, is Ali Saleh from uh, the city of Bell in California, just south a little bit of Los Angeles, Los Angeles County, I believe. And uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for joining us. Pleasure is mine. Thank you very much. ArabNews.com, bringing you breaking news from across the Middle East and the latest on Arabs in America. Get inside the latest headlines with expert analysis and insights at ArabNews.com. Join over 5 million Facebook fans and over 10 million monthly readers. ArabNews.com, news that matters to you. Ziad brand quality products from our family to yours. Ziad Brothers Importing offers the finest quality products, including brands like Sultan, Kraft, Nestle, Hook, Rico Picon, Dana, and many more. Ask your retailer to carry these fine products because you deserve the very best. 
For more information, visit our website at www.ziad.com. That's www.ziad.com. Ziad, quality products from our family to yours. هل تلقى أطفالكم أحدث نسخة من لقاح كوفيد-19؟ لقد تم لغاية اليوم تطعيم أكثر من 5.5 مليار شخص بلقاح كوفيد-19 وأثبتت النتائج أن اللقاحات كانت فعالة حيث قام الخبراء حول العالم بإجراء الاختبارات اللازمة ليكون اللقاح آمناً وفعالاً اللقاح لا يحميكم أنتم وعائلتكم فقط بل يحمي المجتمع كله قوموا بواجبكم من خلال التحدث إلى مقدمي الخدمات الصحية أو زيارة michigan.gov/kids/covid-vaccine رسالة من وزارة الصحة والخدمات الإنسانية. And now I'm really honored to have uh, my next guest, a person I've known a long time, um, Samir Khalil. 40 years ago, and it's hard to believe so much time has passed, Samir, but 40 years ago, Samir helped organize. He was the founder of the Arab American Democratic Club, which was one of the first political Arab American mainstream organizations in the Midwest, in the United States. The Arab American Democratic Club did so much in terms of empowering Arab Americans and getting them to vote. Uh, in 1973, we were a small community. Today, in, I'm sorry, in 1983, we were a small community. Today, we are a growing, bigger community. Samir, welcome to the radio show. Thank you, Ray, for having me. Yeah, and tell us a little bit, first of all, about how, why did, why did you, what moved you to want to create an Arab American Democratic Club? What was the reason? Our community was growing uh, slowly, but at that time, we could not, uh, uh, I mean, elected officials and candidates would not talk to us uh, as Arab community, as you know, we're always marginalized and they didn't care one way or another about our, our community. So therefore we could not even talk to all the on the lowest level, you know, police will talk down to us, uh, uh, aldermen and uh, other candidates, elected officials, they could care less about us. But that uh, year, um, a new candidate came to run for mayor. Uh, his name was Harold Washington, an African-American. And I was sitting down in my office and I thought, well, this is a good opportunity for our community to get involved with a minority uh, candidate. And uh, I talked to a few people in our community, like uh, God bless his soul, Ayub Kalhami and uh, Samir Aoudeh and Kamilia Aoudeh and Khalil uh, Shalabi and Dr. Mansoor Mansoor and Faisal Muhammad and yourself also. <clears throat> and Vivian Khalif was involved also. And uh, we started this uh, idea about Arab American Democratic Club. Uh, and we have been approached by the mayors, uh, I mean, the candidate then, uh, 
Harold Washington office. Uh, and if we can be helpful in his campaign, he was welcoming, very welcoming. And we took the opportunity uh, to help out and uh, be part of that campaign. Uh, we met a lady by the name of Lynette Lewis and uh, also Proxy Nesbitt, who asked us that time to uh, see if they can register voters from our community. <clears throat> and we knew nothing about registering voters or anything like that. Uh, so uh, uh, we sat down, Ayub and the rest of the group, and said, you know what? Uh, there is a festival going on downtown. Let's take the forms and go downtown in the festival and register voters. And we did. We came up with about 2,500 votes, registered wow. voters. And we thought that was a big deal, you know. We took this uh, list and the mayor welcomed us in a very big way. And he said, what are you going to do now? He said, we're just going to continue getting involved and get the community, uh, alert the community about your campaign and getting involved. Anyway, the election took place and uh, Harold Washington won by, I think about 40,000 votes. Right. Uh, and the tally came in and out of the 40,000 votes, there were 39,000 Muslim and Arab surnames that voted for Harold that time. Out of his total vote? Out of his yeah, total? Yeah, out of the total, yeah. But he won by 40,000. We thought the 39,000 made a difference, you know. And he noticed that. And he said, okay, what we do next? Um, how about an Arab Advisory Council? It's great, you know. And we started working on the Arab Advisory Council. And, and just for listeners, I would remind them, back in 1983, Jane Byrne was the mayor. She'd been the first woman mayor of the city of Chicago. She was running for re-election. She's a white candidate. Richard M. Daly, who was the state's attorney, a white candidate, and the son of the longstanding Richard J. Daly, the boss, the mayor of Chicago with the Chicago machine, he was running for mayor. And Harold Washington, I think, was a former state rep. He decided he was going to run. And a lot of people at the time didn't think he had a chance. But with, I, I think it was very smart to reach out to Arab Americans uh, because you're absolutely right. He won with 36% of the vote in the city of Chicago, higher than Jane Byrne and higher than Rich Daly, and I think Arab Americans gave him the edge. He never forgot that, did he? He was very grateful to the Arab community. Absolutely, and he sent out uh, a few people from uh, his campaign, like Tim Evans, you know, talked to us that time, and, uh, and they were really eager to see what we can do in the Arab community. And we established the idea of the Advisory Council on Arab Affairs. Uh, no other candidate, whether uh, Jane Byrne or Daly that time or anybody, you know, considered us as an effective group. <clears throat> but 
since he was a minority, he tried to gather as many minority groups as he could, Latinos and uh, some others, you know, in our South. And really that worked. And uh, when uh, it came down between him and the Republicans and uh, Ernie Epton, right? Yeah. Uh, a lot of uh, uh, candidates, a lot of aldermen and elected officials who are white, they were uh, running the campaigns of Democrats. But since it ended up with the Democrat Harold Washington and Epton, who's white Republican, they went with Epton. Right. And that Republican. heated up, the campaign heated up so. Uh, unbelievable that time, and we really did our work, our homework very well, and were able to bring in the names I just mentioned, 39,000 who voted for Harold Washington, which I believe that made the difference, and moved on to establish the Advisory Council on Arab Affairs. Yeah, it was a it was a significant uh, uh, block of votes that helped here at Washington. He won the primary in the Democratic primary. He became the Democratic candidate. Now, in every election since uh, Richard J. Daley, the Democrats have always won in Chicago. But as you pointed out correctly, a lot of whites, uh, many Democrats wouldn't support a black candidate. And they ran to Bernie Epton, who was both Jewish and white and a state representative. And he had kind of a racist campaign called Vote for Bernie Before It's Too Late. But yeah. the Arab community stood by Harold Washington and the black community. And Harold Washington won that election in April of 1983, making him the first black mayor of the city of Chicago, in which African-Americans were almost a third of the city population at the time. That was pretty right. big. He had to have been very grateful to the Arab community. And so also, <clears throat> um, with the help of Jim Zabi, the, uh, from Arab, the American Arab American Institute, Institute. and from uh, between him and us talking about what do we do besides the Advisory Council on Arab Affairs as part of the city, uh, you know, working with the city of Chicago, uh, what also thought about a political organization. And from that point, we created something called the Arab American Democratic Club. And since then, we have hosted over probably 2,000, maybe more candidates and elected officials, local, uh, state, uh, county, and federal, even, you know, uh, presidential candidates, uh, candidates like Obama and, uh, uh, I mean, a few others uh, can right. remember, but you know, there were a few senators. And, and, that, um, and that was a time when, um, I mean, as you pointed out with Jim Zogby, the following year, 1984, Jesse Jackson started running for, you know, president and wanting to you know build up the momentum right. and again it was arab americans the arab american democratic club that supported him with jim zogby in washington and the arab american institute and he went on in 1988 to play a prominent role as a presidential candidate even though he didn't win he never forgot like harold washington 
the role that Arab Americans played. And I think we had the largest number of delegates, didn't we? Uh, in we a did. Democratic also, convention that year, and I believe 88. We did in 1988. We were able, with the help of uh, Jesse Jackson and uh, Jim Zalby, the Arab American Institute, to uh, pass 13 Palestinian flanks in 13 states. Okay, and that was really a big achievement for Jesse Jackson and uh, Jim Zabi and the Arab community at large and right. the Arab American Democratic Club. Uh, and from that point on, you know, now candidates want calling us up. They, we want to come to your event. We want your votes. We want your donations. We, we, we don't know. And uh, from that point, uh, you know, we had the blessings of uh, God bless your soul, Maryam Zayed, who passed four years ago. Uh, and she ran for office. I ran for office. You ran for an office yourself. For local school, for local school, I state rep to learn about running for office. And these were like classes, weren't they? These were an education. We were learning, right? How to run for office, how to you get were votes. Given, you were given the classes uh, at the... Uh, Aksa School yes, for I our was. community that time. I remember that. Yes, and I we was. were learning from you how to run. And, and luckily, you know, and also, you know, we had no policemen and no uh, employees within the city, within the. Now we have not a lot, but. It's growing. You know, we came a long way, but we still have to go a long way to go. Uh, but, you know, the. The impressive thing that we have seen, a lot of Arab Americans running for offices, uh, like mayoral offices, uh, uh, Congress offices, some senators, uh, local, uh, I mean, Illinois state senators recently, uh, uh, Nasser Rashid uh, have won uh, as a, a state representative in Illinois, right. and Muslims also. Right. Uh, Muslims and Arabs. And we really have to really study the uh, support from others toward our candidate, the Arab American and the Muslim candidate. See how the support is coming from different groups, because the Muslims are not only Arabs. They are 50 different Muslim countries around right. the world and 22 Arab countries. Uh, and there's a difference. Some candidates are willing to talk only to Muslims, but when it comes to Arab, whether Muslim or Christian, they don't want to talk to us. Now, that was, now again, we're talking 40 years ago, even 30 years ago when we were running in the 80s and the 90s. Um, but for some reason in the 90s, the community seemed to split a little bit and we were growing in numbers. Um, but it seemed like there was like some little rivalries and divisions. How was the Arab American Democratic Club able to stay so, you're probably the most popular organization in the Chicagoland area when it comes to Arab Americans. Consistent, always having a breakfast brunch for the candidates. I think the last one that the AADC, the Arab American Democratic Club had, you had something like 50 candidates including, I think, what, four candidates for mayor of Chicago. 
That was unheard of only 10 or 15 years ago. That that was an amazing achievement. You know, we, our word, we keep our word, that's number one. We do not promise more than what we can deliver. And that kept the Arab American Democratic Club in the ball game for all these years. And candidates and elected officials were coming bigger in numbers. We sometimes have over 100 candidates, uh, judges, uh, uh, you know, you name it, uh, senators, uh, like um, the Dick Durbin came to us so many times. Who hired uh, an Arab American as a staff yeah, member? Right, Carol right, Washington right. hired a lot of Arab Americans, didn't yes, he? Yes, yes, yes. That was I a was big his deal. liaison for the community. You know, as a uh, you know, to go between the city and uh, Samir, the uh, do you community. Samir, it really helped a lot. You know, in recognizing our community uh, here locally in uh, in Illinois and especially Chicago, and also in the southwest suburb, and also nationally now we have uh, uh, Congresswoman Rashida Clay, uh, uh, and also Ilhan Omar, who is right. from Somalia, and, uh, and other uh, candidates and other elected officials. I think, I, I mean, I don't want to give the credit totally to the Democratic Club, but I think the Democratic Club, the Arab American Democratic Club, played a major role and bringing these people at the front, encourage them to run for offices, whether they win or lose, it really didn't matter as long as we run for offices. At the end, some of them have won uh, offices and, and hopefully some more on the way. And it awakened the community, didn't it, to politics? Absolutely. You know, we have a, a mayor from Egypt from in Bolingbroke. We had a, a mayor who was born in Gaza uh, Gaza. Imagine someone born in Gaza became the mayor of Oak Park. His name is Anan Abu Talib. That's unheard of. Okay. So I got to get him on my radio show. Uh, well, of course. Yeah. We got to get him on there. But you're right. Yeah, I will. I we've will seen, I we will have seen, him. we've seen a lot of Arab Americans, and I do believe it did start with the Arab American Democratic Club in Chicago. Yeah. Now, uh, our relationships with the black community, we could be stronger, but I noticed the important thing about the Arab American Democratic Club is your commitment, your celebration of African-Americans because you have a number of speakers. I, I think you have Mary Basta, who's the only female Egyptian-American mayor of Bolingbrook who is co-hosting this in Bolingbrook at the Bolingbrook Country Club, November 1st. Um, and then your keynote speaker is an African-American, the highest ranking African-American in the state of Illinois, the Illinois right. Speaker of the House, Emmanuel Chris Welch. Yeah. He didn't hesitate yeah. to say, because years ago, if you asked somebody to speak to any Arab group, they'd say no. Yeah. Emmanuel, uh, State uh, House Speaker Emmanuel said absolutely he would come. And he's going to be introduced, I believe, by... Uh, another African-American at the event, Cyril Nichols, the state representative from the Bridgeview area. That's a big response. I think the Arab American Democratic Club, I think, has always been loyal to the relationship and the support that African-Americans have given Arab Americans, don't you think? 
Yes, I mean, we only, uh, our commitment is kept. Our word is good. Uh, we will not go beyond what we can do. Uh, and, uh, and that keeps us, uh, unlike any politics game, political games in town, you know, uh, politics people uh, twist stories to for their advantage. We don't. We're straightforward. We are Democrats, and we tell them the Democratic candidates or the elected officials, this is our line, this is who we are, and this is what we can deliver. And that's it. You ask us for more, we can't. You know, and um, that's that's the way, uh, really, uh, a message to elected officials and candidates and organizations. Stay committed and truthful with everything. You are going to be caught if you lie, you know, as we say, lies have short legs. That is a message for candidates and elected officials. You can't play both sides of the fence or that fence and that fence and say, well, you know, uh, this is politics. No, you are a political candidate, a political uh, elected official, you have to be truthful and honest to your constituents and to your people. It's it's not about um, you know once you have uh, I mean I'm sorry if you give access to a certain group or certain individual to a, a elected official uh, a candidate or elected official in his office or her office, if you just open your doors for certain elected officials and for certain people, then you have done harm to the rest of your citizens in your ward or your in your uh, congressional district or as a president. You know, you, you can hurt yourself by lying and not opening up for your constituents and your right. citizens. Yeah, and one of the, probably the most important lesson I think that comes out of the Arab American Democratic Club is this. Not only did we try to get Arab Americans elected, we supported many, many non-Arab Americans who won office. At your last uh, breakfast brunch, I think a year ago, you had something like 50 candidates. Yes, there were some Arab Americans. We had several of them, but the majority were non-Arab, and we showed that we support everybody who does the right thing, right? 90% of them are non-Arab. Uh, I mean, about 40 to 50 candidates, they were non-Arab. Uh, and uh, we welcome them, we welcome all. Like, you know, our speakers are, what, five, six, uh, you know, six of them are non-Arab. Maybe right. one who's an Arab, uh, Nasser Rashid. Right. But the rest of them are all non-Arab. Uh, non yeah, I and I think that in a way, Abdul Nasser Rashid, the state representative, a great guy, by the way, I think yes. he his position is a result of the pavement that you built, the road that the Arab American Democratic Club built that not only brought Arab candidates, but brought other candidates, non-Arab candidates to support right. us. The black community, the African-American community, though, they stood up at a time to support us, right? when it wasn't yes. popular to support us. Remember, right. they were investigating Arab Americans in the 70s. 
they were making us look negative and bad back in the 70s. And yet African-Americans stood up for us. And I think it's a great thing, Samir, that the Arab American Democratic Club is remembering what happened 40 years ago, what happened with Harold Washington, and having an African-American as their main keynote speaker. We only got a few minutes left, Samir, but uh, the event, tell us a little bit about the dinner that is coming up. Um, I think the website is ArabDemocraticClub.com. If you go there, it'll take you to the main website. It's very right. easy to remember, ArabDemocraticClub.com. Yeah. Uh, but tell us. Call, they can call some phone numbers. Uh, I give my number, 773-719-3331. Or just go on the website that you mentioned. Uh I mean, you know, they, this is the first time we have dinner. Always we have brunch. Right. But, you know, it's, so since it's the 40th anniversary, we'll change a little bit. And uh, uh, everybody is welcome. Uh, you, you have to reserve uh, ahead of time because we fill up quickly. Right. Uh, and, you know, we always have a this, full room. And we welcome everyone, uh, you know, Latinos, uh, African-Americans, uh, white, black, you know, you're all welcome. Uh, yeah, this is we'll an be event. happy to have you. This is an event people should not miss. My guest, Samir Khalil, he's the founder of the Arab American Democratic Club, founded 40 years ago in 1983 during the campaign of the first African-American to hold office as mayor of Chicago, Harold Washington. Um, and he went on to hold office for five years until his untimely death um, just before Thanksgiving, I believe in 1988, I think or 87. It was right after his reelection. He won election and he didn't even finish that first year of his second yeah. term. He was such a good person. Yeah, but uh, Samir, the AADC, what a great organization, and I appreciate you taking the time to share some of that history. Thank you so much, Ray, for inviting me, and we look forward to see you and see everybody out there, and uh, you're going to be the uh, MC. I'm looking forward to it, and uh, uh, just remind everybody, go to ArabDemocraticClub.com and buy your tickets, get your ads, because as Samir said, those seats are going to go fast. Samir, thank you so much, buddy. Thank you. Thank you. ArabNews.com, bringing you breaking news from across the Middle East and the latest on Arabs in America. Get inside the latest headlines with expert analysis and insights at ArabNews.com. Join over 5 million Facebook fans and over 10 million monthly readers. ArabNews.com, news that matters to you. At Top Rehab Physical Therapy Clinic in Dearborn, we provide effective physical therapy sessions in order to limit pain and discomfort. Top Rehab provides physical therapy care for any diagnosis prescribed by a physician, and we regularly see and treat conditions such as stroke, TMJ, fibromyalgia, sciatica, joint pain, and more. We use a variety of pain management methods, including modalities, soft tissue mobilization, and therapeutic exercise. If you're in need of physical rehabilitation or physical 
physical therapy, get the highest quality health care at Top Rehab. Most insurance is accepted and we're open Monday, Wednesday, and Friday 8 to 6, Tuesday and Thursday 8 to 5, and Saturday 10 till 2. Call for an appointment today at 313-846-0555. That's 313-846-0555. Choose Top Rehab Physical Therapy Clinic on Michigan Avenue in Dearborn. Life's too short to be in pain. حمزة نمرة يجدو بأحلى الألحان في أمريكا تغير يا معن زمان أفل على قلبك البيبان حبيت وفرقت كم مكان عيش جواك حمزة نمرة وجولة غنائية يبدأها يوم 8 سبتمبر في واشنطن العاصمة و9 سبتمبر في ديربورن ميشيغان وآخر حفلاته يحييها في شيكاغو بولاية ألينوي 10 سبتمبر وسيتم تخصيص العائدات بالكامل لإرسال مساعدات إنسانية إلى سوريا واليمن والسودان عامل قاسي وجوايا مفيش أسوة ماليش غير أسوتي عزوة بتدوا الحق للأقوى وبتيجوا تملع الطيب وتدعو منظمة الحياة للإغاثة والتنمية Life for Relief and Development جمهور الحفلات لزيارة الجناح المخصص لها بموقع كل حفلة للتعرف على مشاريعها التنموية والإغاثية والتي تسهم في تقديم المساعدات للآلاف من المحتاجين حول العالم ولمعرفة المزيد عن أنشطة منظمة الحياة زوروا موقعهم على lifeusa.org ولمزيد من المعلومات حول الحجوزات وأماكن الحفلات زوروا الموقع الخاص بالحجز على www.rugvirtue.com Are your hands feeling numb? Do you feel pain opening up a jar, turning a key? Are you noticing that your elbow and your shoulder are becoming stiff? Or were you recently injured in your arm? Hello, I'm Dr. Albanjit Katranji. And at the Katranji Hand Center, which just recently opened down the street from the Somerset Mall, we can provide you with the latest in hand, wrist, elbow, and shoulder care. Visit us at www.katranjihandcenter.com to learn the latest techniques that we have to offer you. And I look forward to taking care of you. Visit us in Troy at 1565 West Big Beaver Road, Building F. Or call Katranji Hand Center for an appointment at 248-869-4263. You've been listening to the Ray Hanania Radio Show brought to you by the U.S. Arab Radio Network and sponsored by Arab News. Season 3, Episode 18, August 30th, 2023. You can listen to this podcast and all of our past radio shows on podcast by visiting Arab News Newspaper, the voice of a changing region, at ArabNews.com. There are so many great podcasts you should check out, including The Maimon Show with host Hussein El Maimon and, frankly speaking, with host Katie Jensen. You should check them all out. And you can get more information on myself, Ray Hanania, by visiting my personal website hub at www 
hanania.com. Or you can get information on Arab American journalism at naja-us.com, N-A-A-J-A-U-S.com. I look forward to joining you next week when we have more interviews and great guests here at the Ray Hanania Show on the U.S. Arab Radio Network at arabradio.us and sponsored by Arab News, the voice of a changing region at arabnews.com. Have a great week, everybody. Bye-bye.